Happy National Girls Women's Day. Uh, you know, if you're a woman in sports or just a woman in the world, you know, I I know it's, you know, National Girls slash Women in Sports Day. But I say today's the day we honor all women, whether it's a post woman or, or a cop or a firefighter or a stay-at-home mother or a teacher. You know, we just take the time to thank y'all for being badass women, working, you know. With literally without women, me and James wouldn't be born. Um, so all y'all are special, and all all y'all need to truly remember that when you harass women, or you treat women like shit, or you rape a woman, or you hit a woman. You know, again, everyone may not have a sister or a female cousin, but everyone has a mother. Everyone has a grandma. Because without the grandma, your mom wouldn't be born. So without the grandma, you wouldn't be born. So let's let's try to respect that. Um, and today is also Black History Month, day three. So far we talked about three amazing, no, five amazing African Americans. You know, yesterday a couple of boxers, two inventors, you know, football players. And it's just... Awesome. So, James, tell us about the people today, my friend. Well, the first one is, her name is Jackie Joyner Cruz, and she is a six-time Olympic medalist, and she is one of the most track and field, most decorated athletes, and she has overcome a lot. She won four world championships. She had to deal with adversity from her hometown in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, she, not only that though, she won all those medals in track and field while dealing with asthma. She had asthma. So not not only was she dealing with racial bigotry and she set records for African-American women, but she dealt with asthma throughout her entire career. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And I just saw a tweet from Gabrielle, big, big Red Sox fan. She does some stuff with Girl at the Game, that, and also Alexander works with that. In honor of hashtag NGWS Day, I'm buying coffees for the first five people to reply to this with the name of woman in sports who inspired them, not me, your Venmo. So, I I think that's pretty cool. And this and this woman sounds awesome. You know, going going through asthma, tough. I I actually saw a movie a couple a couple of months ago. Where it it started out as a basketball movie, but um turned into a track and field movie, where this girl who was fifteen years old, she ran, but she has asthma. But as long as she ran with her pump, she was allowed to run, and she ended up beating a girl who w- would be thought of as the number one top prospect, best. She she had all the track and field tools. She was the best. She 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 won state consecutive championships, and it was just an awesome movie. So, this this Joyner woman, let's go. Absolutely, and the last one is an inventor, also a woman. But you know how we got facial ID, caller ID, call waiting, yes. a cable. That was originally invented by Doctor Shirley Jackson. She Ooh. is an American physicist. She received her PhD from Massachusetts Institute of Technology in 1973. 
She was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics at MIT. Wow. So, so not only she has a lot of academic achievements, she has like a way of call ID, call waiting. All that was invented because of her. But she doesn't get recognized because, you know, unfortunately, black people inventions don't get noticed around here. But we should notice her because she's awesome. You know what? That's that's awful. Just 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 like the woman that invented the invented the ironing board. You know, all these people got taken advantage of. Money got lost. You know, future families got screwed up. Even even if their great 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 grandkids ended up suing and getting money out of it, it's it's still it's still wrong. You know, um, that's that's why Shark Tank is so important. It. Over 12 years of making millionaires, you know, just regular, ordinary ideas, problems that they thought was a problem to them and, and, and ended up helping many others. You know, that's awesome. And that's why patents are also so important. If you have a idea or, or I don't know, a design that goes on pictures, you know, um, if, if you want that to be protected... And you don't want it stolen, or or you think someone stole it, just patent it, man. Because that way, if you have a patent, no one can take it from you. And if they try, you can now sue them, you know. Uh, and of course, be nice about it too. Because what if they truly didn't know? And then you give them a warning, say, "Hey, listen, cease and desist doing this," or then 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 you're gonna get sued. But when people try to take ideas of something that's not theirs, that's wrong. You know, so it's always, it's always nice, it's always nice to give credit, and, uh, we're gonna keep pumping these out, you know, even if, if there's ever a day where we don't have a guest, where we're still gonna talk about these amazing people, and hopefully everyone else is doing this too, and let's get these names out there, because they're, you know what, they are important. I couldn't agree more, and I find out more... I find out more about my own culture, which is more important for me. It gets me known to all these great people. Because I can talk about the Michael Jordan, the Muhammad Ali's, like we know, right? We know. But these other guys and are so important. And when people think black inventors, oh, George Washington Carver, peanut butter. No. We're more than just peanut butter or Aunt Jemima, you know, pancakes. We... I've made a, 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 a society imprint on American history, and our names should be recognized. But of course, our guest, too, is going to also add on to what I said, too, because she works from Nesson. Right. Her name is Alexandria. She sounds awesome. I mean, the only bad powder is talking about all things Boston excuse sports. You, so. Excuse you, excuse you. There's... But, there's no bad part, so, so you, you, you watch your mouth. You take about Go wash your mouth with soap right now, and and you know what? Part of this, part of this Black History Month stuff that we're doing, you know what? I'm learning a lot too because the so far, all seven of these names are names I never, ever heard of. And I'll be honest, if if there was a name that I've heard of, I would say it. But these are seven names so far that I've not heard of. So it's it's letting me learn too, and and it's important to be informative, man. No question is a dumb question. If you don't know something, just ask. You know, you're not going to get treated like crap for asking. 
and it's it's better to know than not know. Don't be don't go through life being ignorant. It just it just doesn't make you learn. Now, if you truly don't willing to want to learn, then that's on you. But anyway, we're gonna have our guests talk all things Super Bowl, talk talk the three dirtbags of America, talk Alexander's <laughs> woman of choice, talk all things Boston sports, and it's gonna be awesome. We are here with Alexandra. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, she does some great stuff with Nesson and Boston Sports and Girl at the Game. Um, so first, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, it was a harsh back to reality last night with uh, the Celtics starting a West Coast road trip. Coming off of a little like weekend getting snowed in in Portland, Maine. But uh, I'm doing well this morning. That's good. Hey, and, uh, hey Alexander. Hey, Alexander. what are you... No, it's just James. What are you guys' names so I can, uh, like, use that as a point of reference? My name is okay, Nick, well, and my co-host is James. Yeah. One more time. One more time. Nick and James. Okay. Cool. And uh, before we get into the fun stuff and your amazing woman that you thought of for Black History Month. First, we're going to start off with the three dirtbags of America. Two, two are involved in baseball, one is involved in football, and they are Chad Wheeler, Jared Porter, and Mickey Calloway. You know, Mickey Calloway and Jared Porter both both started on the same timeline, 2015. Both have been involved with the Cubs and the Mets. Uh, Mickey also, of course, the Angels and the Indians. Uh... You know, both both harass women in the same ways. Texted emails with with Callaway pictures. Um, Chad Wheeler using mental illness as an excuse for almost killing his girlfriend or slash fiance. And then he had the audacity to, while he was eating his food, he said, "I thought you were dead." Um, so for, from a woman's perspective, what's your thoughts on these three? Dirt bags. Yeah, I mean, obviously the 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 incident we have with the NFL is a little different, right? Um, and I don't know if I it's fair to say he used mental illness as an excuse because clearly uh, he's pretty messed up to be at a point where he could do some that to someone that he he supposedly loved, right? Like your girlfriend, your fiance. Um. There are a lot of issues there, and I mean, those instances, I guess, are a little more, a little bit more rare. Um, when it comes to the, when it comes to what we saw happen in the MLB in the last few days, I mean, this is these stories come, they're, they're not few and far between, right? We hear them all the time. So, was I surprised by those two? No, not at all. Um, I was more surprised by the Chad Wheeler incident just because of the the vulgarity of it all and the brutality of the situation there. It's really sad. It's really unfortunate. And your heart goes out to the woman and the, and the victims there. But, um, I mean, it's just something you kind of deal with as a woman in sports media. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that we're made to be felt this uncomfortable sometimes, but I mean, do I like to see these stories getting written? Yes, because honestly, like, how dumb can you be to be reaching out to women 
like this so relentlessly and just not take a hint. Like, these are not stupid men, right? Like, they are, they've reached pinnacles in their career that not many reach. And it's just, it's an in, it's interesting, right? I've talked about this with male colleagues and female colleagues and a good friend of mine, Jason Mastronato for the Boston Herald. He brought up the point to me that I didn't really think about, but just these guys sometimes just lock down and focus so much on work and, like, in, in GM cases often, like, analytics, and um, there's just an ego in, that is involved when you get to a level like that in your career, right? And then now couple yeah. that with, like, with how hard you work, like, do you even, like, know how to talk to these guys? even know how to talk to women in some circumstances? You know what I mean? They, so, they probably don't. I don't they, know. They, it's just they how probably assume that they're God, and they expect these women to come after them. Oh, you're a GM. Oh, you're a manager or a pitching coach. Oh, I need to get in touch with you, you know? And, like, Yeah, and that weird. happens, right? Like, but, I mean, every, every circumstance is different. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I know of women in this industry who have successful careers in reporting and happen to be married or in relationships with, whether it's an athlete or former athlete, personnel, whatever you want to call it, they find a balance to keep it professional and avoid conflicts of interest. And, I mean, it happens, right? But, like, not probably when you're sending, like, 60 unread, <laughs> and unsolicited messages and pictures. Like, that's not the way you go about it, I would say. So, yeah. And what's crazy, and this is James for reference. So, the person you're... This is James. This is the other half of the sports dude. So, so Alexandra, for reference, it's weird because I play football. And I know, like, it's um, it's a man-on-man masculinity sport. But what I don't get, get about these guys is they thinking that we're, we're, we, we are, we so ego, we got so much money, whether we're athletes, whether we're general managers or owners, we can do whatever we want, we can, we, the women have to bow on our feet, and that is stupid, do you really think that women have to bow to your feet just because you're an athlete or a general manager, this has to stop, and I'm sick and tired of these loser guys, whether, whether they're athletes or not, making these advances on women and the worst part is like you said they could, they're in a relationship they're married they have kids and I think they can do whatever they want and it makes me as a male it makes me hate my gender at times because we do so much stupid things to women it just it, it, make, it makes me feel awful being a guy sometimes you know me and Nick had this discussion that we feel awful for what, what women have to be subjected to day in and day out and it's not right it's not okay yeah, but, you know, like, it, it's also, like, I'm going to be honest with you, like, it takes conversations like these, right? And, like, the mentality is so different now. Like, now women are just airing these dudes out. And, I I mean, if that has to continue for, like, men who just get the hint, like, that's, that's cool. Like, it's unfortunate to have to, like, bring it to that level of embarrassment. But at, this, at a certain point, it's just, like, this is something that has gone on for like hundreds of years in our society, right? And it's not just sports media; it's every industry. It's it's just how the, the, the complex of the powerful man. It's an interesting thing, you know. 
Um, but that being said, like, it's a totally different world now, too. Like, I mean, if you're still doing this shit in 2021, like, it's just like, how do you have your job? How is there, like, there has to be some level of self-awareness, right? So, um, with that being said, some of, like, my best friends in this industry are dudes, and the, the bad apples really kind of are, like, few and far between. They're, they're not shocking, but it's just, like, you kind of, like, brush them off and laugh. At least that's how I go about this, because, I mean... It's it's to, it's just like a balance. Just trying to keep like your mental sanity and not like burn bridges in your place of work and do your job. Um, but for the most part, like in my personal experiences, I would say that I've mostly had positive experiences dealing with men professionally at this level of sports. And I mean, really, even like. I really can't remember an instance since, like, college where I've had a really egregious encounter. So, I mean, it, it's changing. It's, I'm happy to try to help be part of it. It's nice that you guys are trying to, like, continue this progress forward, too. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's something that will ever be eradicated because, I mean, men are just idiots. So, That's... no offense. That's very true, you know, it is, and going going back to, before we get into the amazing woman you came up with, you know, it goes into the part of, you know, if you're skilled enough, and if you're valuable to a company, you know, if, if, if you make your boss a hundred million a year, and, you know, you have an instance of where you harass the woman at work, maybe he might just let it go. Just because you you're so valuable, and it gets to a question of like, does professional sports care about women, right? Because Antonio Brown, if he gets his knee right, he's about to play in a Super Bowl. Araldus Chapman, because he throws a hundred plus miles per hour and strikes out people, he's on the Yankees. There are so many players in sports who do bad things, but because they're so so talented. They get to play sports. So at what point do we get to a line to where, okay, I don't care if your name is Mike Trout or Tom Brady or or Jason T- Tatum. If you hit a woman, you're gone. If you rape a woman, you're gone. If you sexually assault a reporter, you're gone. When are we going to get to that point where they have non-tolerance? Because they say they have non-tolerance, but do they if these guys are still allowed to play? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's just about who you, who these teams employ in their front offices, and you hope that they, they put the best people forward and do, like, deep ethical background checks, but, I mean, I feel like the court of public opinion, we're in a time where that's a, a very strong factor in decisions that are being made. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see that. But. My last question, uh, well, Alexandra, my last question before we get into the amazing woman you choose is, what would be the steps that you would take 
to, I mean, you can't really eradicate it, but just, just put these dudes in check that some of the things you're doing is not okay. Like, this is not allowed. So what's some of the steps that you would do if you can able to eradicate this? Because this is something that it should not be a norm. We should not see this happening at all. You know, I'll be honest, like, I have thick skin. Like, when I step into work and I'm, like, trying to keep things professional, like, as a woman in this industry, like, we all have this mode we go into that's just, like, it's bro mode. It's, like, you're bantering with your guy friends or your brothers about sports and, like, you keep, like, you just, there's a way you go into being just, like, as trying to convey that you're, this is platonic as possible and... You really are just trying to, like, have whatever type of conversation with them and keep it professional. And, I mean, if I really ever am in an instance where I feel like a dude is trying to, like, make a pass at me, for the most part, I feel like guys, like, respect me when they're talking to me. I don't, like, social media is another story, but in, like, actual real encounters, whether it's in person or via any form of, like, personal communication via technology, I mean, they're pretty respectful, even if they're, like, trying to maybe, like, hit on me, right? So, I mean, there are ways to just keep it in check. I'm never afraid to tell someone, listen, I date no one in this industry, ever. I never will. I, like, I can't think of, like, an instance where um, saying that wouldn't just kind of, like, put a halt to it and then, like, make them understand, like, you just hope that they don't want to, like, end the relationship there and just, like, cut you off, right? So it's, like, you just try to, like, say it as as harmlessly as you can. And, I mean, but I, if I were ever in a circumstance where I felt uncomfortable enough where I needed to, like, seriously do something about the conversation I was having with someone, I would have no hesitation and just, like, verbally telling this dude off and being like, I'm just a different type, I, not necessarily a different type of girl, but I'm, I don't really have issues speaking my mind with people or with confrontation like that. I agree, I agree. So now I want to switch over to something cool. So this is, this is um, February. This is Black History Month. Um, myself, um, I am an African American now. Um, this 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 month is obviously important for me. Um, you had um, incredible women you want to bring up. A person you want to bring up during this month. So, who is the person that you want to bring up for this awesome month? So, since like I was in middle school, I have idolized Maya Moore. I grew up in Western Mass, so UConn was not that far of a drive for my dad to take me to women's games and I just fell in love with her game and she was always one of my favorite players and then in like 2016 and in the last few years I learning about everything she's doing to further criminal justice reform and prison reform and like literally in at the tail end of the prime in her career, laying it all down to just be like, I'm dedicating my life to this, to get this, like, really, really poorly convicted man who's been sitting in jail under absolute, can I swear on this, like, bullshit? Yeah. 
circumstances um, out of jail, and she like she put her money where her mouth is. You know what I mean? And she she got shit done, and um, the, it's just so admirable. And I just it's like when one of your all time favorite players just like reveals that layer of themselves to you. And this is well before. She did this in 2019. She sacrificed her season well before it became, like, in vogue to really, really support Black Lives Matter causes and um, social justice reform, et cetera. You know, like, she, she's been doing this. So, my more, my girl. I could talk about that her all day, honestly, so. That's, that's awesome. Um, you know, Ky- Kyrie is also... You know, former Celtic, you know, he's kind of like that too. He wants he wants to do good things, but he also wants to do it that way to where he has that wacky couple of weeks of where he was so upset by everything that's going on, where he couldn't play two basketball games, but he was okay enough to go to a, to a family birthday party. So, so can you, can you have it both ways? Can't. Can you do what Kyrie's doing, play basketball, and then still go for the cause, or would it just be more beneficial for him just to focus on one thing? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think I'm I'm easier on Kyrie Irving than most people because of like I think he's really misunderstood, and I honestly the problem like if his baby sister was turning thirty years old and he wanted to be there at that birthday party. I mean, like, every video, honestly, I saw of him, like, okay, he wasn't in a mask, and, I mean, but this wasn't, like, a huge raging party, right? Like, right. standing off to the side in most of the videos I'm watching, and, like, it's, it's like, he's making that choice on his own. Like, I'm going to sacrifice a few games here at the beginning of the season. I mean banking that the Nets will be fine and maybe like with a what three or four games he misses and the health and safety protocols don't affect them down the road like I mean I if you have a problem with Kyrie doing that and attending his sister's birthday party for her 30th birthday like that's a big one come on like times are tough right now and those moments with family don't you don't get back you know what I mean um and I think in this time, that's what we learned is important. And I think Kyrie learned that lesson when he was leaving Boston, um, or before he left Boston, rather, and his grandfather died. And he had a lot of realizations about how he had wished he was closer to home during that time. And um, I think we all have those conversations with ourselves. And Kyrie had a kind of self-epiphany. And he's going through stuff probably still from that. And... Um, so to see him miss a few games and go to his sister's birthday party and like while he's missing games, he's, he's hopping on a call to help volunteer and advocate for a woman that's running for district attorney, a a district attorney in probably like his neighborhood, honestly, of New York. Um, I don't have an issue with that. And if you have an issue with that, but you don't have an issue with James Harding doing the same thing and just like partying with, I don't know if it was Lil Baby or Dub Baby, but whichever oh, rapper he was out in Lil Atlanta baby. at the strip clubs with, with Meek Mill, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, that was bad too. I, I don't understand. Kyrie, obviously, like, I mean, say what you want about uh, his interest in metaphysics and stuff, whatever, but I don't. I think. People 
shit on Kyrie, just to shit on Kyrie at this point, and it's just like, I don't know. I would be uh, now, um, now let's get to some fun stuff, and now the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, there's a lot of Patriot fans. Some of them are kind of like Fairweather fans, some of them are kind of loser fans, but for the most part, some of the Patriot fans are happy to be Tom Brady fans. I don't call them Patriot fans anymore. I just call them Tom Brady fans because they're hacks. Now, obviously, you work in... That's not your fair. Boss. That's not fair. Go get him, Alexandra. Go get him. That's a very bad generalization. Okay, fine. Okay, there are some Patriot fans that I know personally that are hacks. Of course. Okay, yeah, and, and exactly, and oh. those people, and they know who they are, they are hacks, and they're not true Patriot fans for running for Brady. He's coming at me, he's coming at me just because I'm rooting for Brady in the Super Bowl. That, that's why he's saying this. He won't be man enough to say it, but that's why he's saying this. Um, through over the course of like tw- what twenty years, 
Um, I mean, it, it's crazy. I I never travel, honestly, without, like, a Red Sox or a Patriots cap just to, like, exert that dominance over the rest of the country that I'm from New England. And um, I've just seen an embarrassment of riches in championships. And uh, take that for, I mean, what you will. Some think it's endearing. Some think it's insufferable. But, uh, hey, that's how we are up here. We, we demand excellence. You know what? I think that's adorable, and I think that's awesome. You know, you got to be proud to be who you are and who you like. You know, don't don't bow down to anybody. Don't don't just not say something be because of of someone else's feelings or 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 just to make them not feel good. You know, I think it's great that Tom Brady is in another Super Bowl. You know, he's been in eighteen percent of the Super Bowls. He's won six. You know, and that's awesome. But back to this game, you know, the Bucks are trying to get some people healthy. Levante David, Whitehead, Winfield, Antonio Brown. You know, they're they're going up against Patrick Mahomes. Um, so what 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 do you think is the key for both teams to have success? Um, I mean, it's interesting because I think I'm I'm rooting for Tom too. Way to go. Because, um, as honestly, I think the Chiefs will win this game, but I will tell you I am rooting for Tom because I just want to, oh! to rest because um, I, I want Tom Brady to win without Bill and I want Bill to win without Tom Brady so that they can each just, like, put this to rest and have their own complete, like, legacies that, like, obviously are intertwined with one another, but... Like, maybe not necessarily. Um, they couldn't have done it without each other. You know what I mean? Right. So, as much as I would love to see that. Um, so, I think that I want Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to have... Obviously, their their legacies are so intertwined, but I want them to still have that that one ring. I mean, I know Bill has had a Super Bowl prior to his time with the Patriots, but um, not as a head coach without Brady. So, I think it'll be... I hope to see that happen, but, I mean, at the end of the day, the Chiefs are just such a complete offense, and... Um, there's just so many weapons they can throw it to in the air against, like, a pretty average defense against the path. So, um, it's just, it, it's the greatest quarterback of all time, honestly, in my opinion, against the future greatest quarterback of all time. So, that's where we're at. I'll be honest, and I'll say this partly because James isn't here to to kind of get hyped about this, and and I'll deny ever saying this because I don't want to give him the satisfaction. But I I'm I'm with you. I'm rooting for the Bucks. I'm rooting for Brady. But I do also think the Chiefs are going to win this game. You know, if the Chiefs win this game by ten plus points, I won't be shocked. Just because they got Harry Kill, they got Travis Kelsey, they got Coleman. You know, um, Le- 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 Le'Veon Bell is going to look to have the game of his life. They got they got Hilaire. And, you know, especially with the Bucks players have so many key players, right? Levante David has, has a slight hamstring problem. 
And even though it's slight, you know, hammies just don't get better overnight. Sometimes they take two weeks to a month just to even feel partially better. So if he's going to try to run at full speed, he's he's eventually going to end up pulling it. If white if white had, you know, he, he has a shoulder and, a, and then I think a neck, you know, and Tony Brown still got the knee. So if those guys can't go, as good as Devin White has been, as good as Bunting have been, they can't do this without those players. And then you're going to force the point of, okay, you know what, now if you're Brady on the offense, you got to score every series now. And I don't think they can do that because if the run game is not successful, if Fournette and Jones don't have success, you know, Brady will have to do what he did against Green Bay and force throws. Okay, hold on, here's James. Um, You know, so if the run game ain't successful, then, you know, Brady's going to have to force to throw throws. And if he throws interceptions, the Chiefs will capitalize on that, and they will score touchdowns. They will not be punts most likely. They they, they may be a touchdown. They may be a field goal. So that's that's going to be a big problem too. Yeah, uh, I think I'm, re- I'm really excited for this game. I actually I predicted this matchup on uh, Nesson.com about four or five months ago whenever we published our Super Bowl preview content. And it's exactly how I wanted it to play out, honestly. Um, I think it's going to be so much fun to watch, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that workday Sunday. You know what's cool about, and I will give the Patriots this credit, I mean, Brian Flores and Joe Judge came from the um, Bill Belichick. Obviously, both of them didn't make the playoffs, but, you know, Miami and the Giants both have bright futures. Uh, and Bill Belichick's coaching tree has gotten a lot of flack, especially with Brian Flores. But, but with the way that um, Joe Judge has gotten his team nearly made the playoffs and the Dolphins also nearly made the playoffs, um, do you see that the Bill Belichick coaching tree could get some respect if Joe Judge and Brian Flores continue to, to build their programs going forward? Oh, for sure. And I mean, I, I'm sold on Flores already. I mean, Flores is the man notorious for uh, the Malcolm Go play, right? Uh, to defeat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, like calling for Malcolm Butler to run out onto the field and grab that goal line interception. And, uh, I mean, I, I, it's interesting to say, like, as a Patriots fan, separating my fandom, um, that I am really rooting for Flores to do well with the Dolphins and the AFC East, I think. Um, the Dolphins should have, honestly, like, if I'm a free agent in the NFL, honestly, like, I, I would be pretty interested in Miami. Obviously, um... There's some questions at quarterback that they have to address and figure out what they're going to do going forward. But um, it's an interesting team for sure, and I hope they are good in the next few years because, I mean, it's a league, right? And this Sunday, of course, was I'm a I'm a little Bowl. biased, too, because I'm a big Christian Wilkins fan. He is from the area that I'm from, so there's a, I'll always root for Wilkins. Nice. And this Sunday, of course, the Super Bowl. So that means the night before is awards night, where Hall of Fame and MVP um, Richard Seymour is amongst one of the finalists. Do you think he'll go into the Hall of Fame this year? 
Um. I think he, he will. What is it? It's like third time on the ballot. Yeah. Third yeah. I mean. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't really, like, pay attention really to Hall of Fame stuff. I mean, there's just been, like, so many good Patriots over the years that, um, like, cool, it, it, it's a cool thing to do, but I, I don't know. Um, switching gears now, obviously, um, the Boston Celtics got a nice win against, I, I believe they beat the, um, the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, the so, Warriors last night, it was uh, getting down to the stretch, pretty close one. Um, pretty depleted front court for the Warriors, but still, like a, still a lot of good things that you saw. So, the, you know the East, um, obviously you got Brooklyn with the big three. Obviously the Celtics are, are, are good with, with the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, the Bucks are still good, and now the Sixers. How can Boston compete with those three teams? Because obviously, you have to say the Nets with their big three are the favorites to get out of the Eastern Conference, wouldn't you say? Sorry, Brooklyn with their big three. Brooklyn, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn's funny because... It depends on how it's still so early in the season. Um, it's interesting because their offense is like, I, I, I feel like I saw this on Twitter and it was a great point and I'm not going to be able to cut it whoever tweeted it, but um, something to the extent of saying that their Brooklyn's offense is so complete and like amazing to watch, but then like their defense is such a mess that it, it always it's always interesting, right? So um, they have a lot of defensive issues that team that need to be worked out before we're talking about who's coming out of the East. I believe because I mean I don't see with especially as if Kemba ideally you hope he's off his minutes restriction by the playoffs, right? So um, if the Celtics have to run into Either team, they usually make, honestly, swift work of Philadelphia year after year. I mean, we we saw them play Philly once without Kemba. So, who knows what we have there, too. But I, I really do think that the Celtics can compete with anyone in this league. And it's just, we haven't seen them play as a complete team at all this season. Which is usually the case year after year for what I like to call them the hospital Celtics. So, um, I can't wait till we do get that point. Um, there, it's interesting with you have Smart and Peyton Pritchard out right now for them. So, two key ball handlers, right? Um, and obviously, you're like one of the guys that carries your defensive identity. So, um, if this team just finally gets healthy, I really think they can play with anyone. And yesterday, you saw great things from Kevin Walker. And he'd been a concern trying to get reacclimated to the lineup. Um, Tatum and Brown are always, they're always going to fall out, you know? It's expected at this point. I think they're, like, I'm not going to say the best duo in the league, but easily the most complimentary of each other. They're every team, there's not a team in this league that we want that duo on their team right now, I think, to build around. So, um, I, I'm high on them. I like this group a lot. I think they have great chemistry, and I like to cover them. 
they are so good, especially Jason Tatum. He is he is such a young, talented star player. But and and he he got the rookie max. That's great for him and his son. You know who he posts on social a lot, Deuce. Uh, but in his prime years, let's let's say the next five to six years with Jason Tatum at his best. Do you think they will win a championship? Um, I hope so. I think they have a pretty big window to take advantage of with him and, and Jalen both having signed multi-year extensions with the team, right? Like, this is the group for a little while. Mark is smart. Like, this team's so young, too, and there's so many options for them to not only move pieces around, um, but, like, continue to develop some of these younger guys. Like, how, like, look at the stuff we're already seeing from Pritchard, right? Like, um... If this team can get to the level of defense that we know they're capable of, I really think that everything else is going to work itself out for them and they can make any kind of run they want And in the next, I think, the win. The ceiling's so high over the next two years. You know what I mean? Like, look at how much work not only Tatum, but Jalen Brown, like, sneaky putting into his game all last year but getting overshadowed by Tatum and getting snubbed for, like, an all-star bid, right? And, like, look at all that. It fueled him so much. Look at him this season, right? Like, he's, they've, they've both have been doing this, and the growth is so consistent. They never stop. And just, when you have two work ethics like that, and players that are, like, obviously they have different, like, skill sets, and, but they're just so complementary of each other. And, like, you can just tell that they're homies and they, they get it, like, that their success together is so vital to their individual success. So, you just get it. They get it. They're, you know the sky is the limit for those two kids. You know what's crazy about the Celtics? They play so well against good teams. Then you get the, then you let the Knicks blow you up by 30. How does that happen? Yeah, right? I mean, exactly. Um, That's that's to say injuries, that's to say just, like, stupid. I mean, a lot of lineups were just really trying to figure it out, and Brad Stevens kind of, it seemed like he was just throwing anything at the fridge to see if it stuck, Um, trying to make up for some key players being out, you know? So um that's always going to happen when you play down to any team in the NBA or when you take any opponent lightly, you know? Like, Brad Stevens is the first to tell you, like, if this is an NBA team, they belong here. Like, they can meet anyone. So, but yeah, that's how that's selfish basketball, right? And, uh, and, and the Patriots, of course, 7-9 and nine season. You know, Cam Newton most likely going elsewhere. I do not want Jared Stidham as a quarterback. You know, who knows if Hightower is going to retire or not. You know, Edelman, it, how much stuff does he have in the tank? You know, what what do you think is the future for the Patriots? And if, if, if it's going to be a rebuild, is Bill Belichick going to want to be part of that rebuild? Um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. I mean, he, he built this program he has. I mean, Robert Kraft and him have, a, I think, a pretty good arrangement worked out here. Where, um, at this point, it's too late. To, I, don't, I think it's too late for him to go anywhere else and, like, try to rebuild that. You know what I mean? Like, 
he brought like a, a pretty depleted offense to a, a pretty decent record and a, a shot in the dark at making the playoffs at the end of the day, which is a lot more than anyone predicted. Um, and like managed to bring Cam Newton, you know, in, which was like really their best option, especially for how much they paid for him this year. So obviously a lot of stuff to figure out at the quarterback situation, and I don't think they'll find it necessarily over the next season or two, but I absolutely think Bill Belichick will always be, I, I think he'll retire a Patriot. I don't see him leaving. I see him also coaching a lot longer than people anticipate he will because he's still so sharp and, like, I mean, um, I, what would his life be without it, you know what I mean? So, um, I th- I'm confident in his ability to turn this around. He's the most brilliant coach in, like, probably GM, too, in sports. So, I mean, when you have a football mind like that, like, you can never rule the Patriots out. I agree. They'll and never, like, you can never say they talk. I agree. And so many breaking barriers this year. You know, this Sunday, Sarah Thomas is going to be the first female ref in a Super Bowl. Kim Ang is the first woman GM in baseball. You have Lori Locust and Meryl Java Defar. I, I think I botched that, but... but 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 they're gonna be on the coaching staff for the Bucks. You know, you got you got Jennifer King with the football team, you got you got Callie Bronson with the Browns, and you had us uh, Katie Sowers who was with the 49ers. You know, what do you think what do you think is next? You know, for for the NBA, maybe Becky Hammond will will, will be a coach at some point, I hope. So so what do you think will will happen next with so many women just dominating sports, and, and you and and you also had Sarah Fuller kicking extra points in college football too. Yeah, it's fun to see, right? Uh, those women are all probably uh, everyone you listed long overdue and deserving of where they're at, and it, it's nice to see them like breaking these barriers, you know, and just they're paving the way for the ones behind them, and I think. Um, I think we'll see it in the NBA first. I think the NBA will be the first league to promote a woman to the title as a head coach. I mean, I can't wait um, to watch Kim and the Marlins this year. I, um, I will be, like, checking in on them and, like, alerts on their beat reporters all year. So... It's just so fun to see, and like that—that's the next thing, you know. Like it's like, what's the next thing that a woman can do? And it's—it's going to happen, and we're going to see how it goes. And I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think people are going to, um, obviously give her like these women a lot of shit just because it's it's a convenient thing to say, and you don't have to be that witty to um insult a woman that you don't think is good at her job just based off of her gender as opposed to what you think she's actually, like, doing wrong, you know, like the substance of her content. So, um, but that is what it is. So, obviously, people are kind of waking up and realizing that women are capable of holding these titles. And now that that's happening, like, that, that's great. That's huge. It's going to keep going. 
it's awesome. And then, of course, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the inauguration. You know, we had Kamala Harris become the first woman vice president. You know, so many, you and so many other little girls got to see that and got to say, hey, you know what? I, I see someone like me out there. I, I can do that, too. How huge was that for for you? Yeah, I mean, it's the same sentiment. It's the same exact sentiment because all these things are happening at the same time, right? Like, for the most part. Um, so, it, it's great to see. It's great to see. It's like every every week you see, like, some new advancement and in every industry. And you love to see that, I mean. And not just by gender, by um, racial and socioeconomical divides. And yeah, it's just it's how you advance society, right? That's how I feel. I don't know. No, that's that's awesome. And a couple last things. Uh, you know, with 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 the finding out of what Callaway and Porter did. You know, if you're if you're any job, but but let alone now on professional sports, you think you have to be on notice. So before they officially hire them, obviously their regular background check. But now, do you think the teams? will talk to not not every woman in, 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 as porch reporters, but the woman that this man just dealt with in, in that prior organization. Wait, what do you mean? Like, like okay, so, so say some guy named Ben wants to be the general manager of the White Sox, and he was just previously with the, the Athletics. Do you yeah. think do you think the White Sox owner NGM should contact the athletics and talk to the female reporters, female staff, you know, just to make sure or or wherever he was with previously, just to make sure there's no, you know, snakes in the closet? Hey, yeah, I mean, I I believe that teams should be doing that due diligence on these guys already. Um I mean, it's an, that's an interesting question. I don't know how I would react if um, a team ever reached out to me directly to ask about my experiences with a player, but, I mean, I think I would be honest with them if they did. I guess I would judge it on a case-by-case scenario, but these teams should be making these, at least inquiring with someone, right, about this person's ethics and morals and... Um, I guess their their reputation with not only their coaches and fellow players around the league, but the other people they interact with on a daily basis, the staffers, like the community, right? Um, you want good guys on your on your team always. So, I mean, obviously there's instances. I mean, uh, another issue I have with rooting for the Chiefs is like that they've always just had pretty, like, deplorable dudes on their roster in terms of domestic violence, for sure. That's another reason I root for the Bucks. so... Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt, who's now in the Browns, he was on the Chiefs in 18 when he he thought it was a good idea just to kick that female, you know? Right, and that's my thing. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. And, I mean, if teams aren't making those, those inquiries and kind of... Using that as a pretty weighing factor in decisions that you're making, your findings from that, I think that you should probably go with it. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Like, like 
Sandy Alderson had had, I guess, ignorance. You know, he he didn't ask the questions, but now he's found twice two hiring parts. So now, if these questions are not asked, it's like, okay, why didn't you ask them? Did you know, or did you just not care? And you know, a lot of people gave Mina Kimes, and and more importantly, Jeff Passing crap because you know, you know, a, a lot of people assumed that Passing knew, and he didn't want to warn anybody. So let's just say you you got a chance like that, right? You you had information and a story, um, and and you talked to a woman that was involved in this. You wouldn't break the story, but let's just say you know someone in the Celtics organization is hiring a, is is hiring a guy that you know has done bad things. Would you maybe give a tip and say, oh? I heard of things, and I just wouldn't hire that guy. Um, I mean, I don't think I personally have the access to tell anyone not to, any team not to, who to hire. Um, I don't think they would listen to me or care, but... But let's just say um, you were in that power. You know, would you would you feel like you kind of owe it to them and say, hey, you know, I just know something and, and I maybe just wouldn't hire that person? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would take it on a case-by-case scenario. Um, the, the thing is, though, that these writers are dealing with is that, I mean, one, you do all this work in a story, right? You want to be the one to write it and tell the story because... True. That information's given to you, and it was trusted in confidence with you, and at the end of the day, your source is really, like, what you have to go by, and in this case, with the kinds and with Mina and Jeff's report, was that it would really affect this woman in her home country as an immigrant to be involved in a sex scandal in the workplace over here. Right. She'd be publicly, she'd be shamed at home. And it was, she's out of, like, she's out of the industry now. So that's, that's a lot that a woman has to go through, like, coming forward and making that decision to, like, I mean, really call the guy out like that and, like, put herself out, like, out there like that and bring back all that shit. And, um, so, yeah, I, I maybe would if I had the pull. But, I mean, this guy already was in this position when he was doing this. You know what I mean? Like, he already had his job. And that's usually the case. Like, and with that, more power comes the, the ego. So. And that's the part I hate the most, right? She had to change careers. She had to maybe lose money and stop working for a while. Well, well he, he didn't have to change a goddamn thing. He, he got to rise. He got to make a, he got to make a lot of money. And now I just hope we don't get picked up again. Um, but before we end this, you know, you you do stuff for Nesson and for Girl at the Game. So when you're when you're writing an article or when you have an interview, you know, how do you how do you prep? What goes into you write, writing the article? Um, it depends what I'm writing it about, but I just I go into every single interview. Knowing as much as possible, not only, um, as much as I can prepare myself on what I'm trying to learn more about from this person, 
just so I can kind of ask the best questions, I think, and give myself like a fundamental understanding of whatever their expertise is before I go in. And not only that, but I like to really learn about the person themselves because when you talk to a source, you're always looking to make like these personal connections with them because hopefully it works out and you can just be um, develop that professional relationship where like everyone can help you in this industry. Everyone can help you that you meet if they're just like kind and make good impressions on people. So. Um, I really try to go about that, not only in prepping for an interview or for work, but with my life. And um, I guess that's the biggest research, man, meticulously researched. I spend, like, probably a couple hours doing this before an interview, for sure. And today is National Girls slash Women's in Sports Day. Um, tell us some, some of your role models, some some women you look up into the industry. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys brought up Mina Kimes. She is, like, everything, I think. Her story is so interesting and how she got into sports writing. She's so multifaceted. Um, She's exactly the person I would like to emulate in my career, and I love her very much. She's a huge influence on me, though she has no idea I exist, probably. Um, though her, her brother does follow me on Twitter, which is interesting, and oh, wow. obviously I, I followed him back real quick, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really look up to, I've had so many, I'm fortunate, um, have met so many women in this industry and looked up to so many coming up, but um, just so many that you band with together. Um, it, it, and it goes from my podcast host, Girls to Game, Gabrielle Starr, to three She's of, great. like, a lot of my coworkers at Nesson and the women I've worked with. And mostly the women that are, like, honestly competitors, right? Like, shout out my girl Kayla Burton at Western Mass News and, like, Bridget at EEI. And I have these friends all over the country. And how cool is that? doing all this that you went to college with or whatever that you meet along the way and um it's such an incredible little connection you got so shout out to all them uh that's that's awesome man uh tell us tell us who you got winning the super bowl and your score prediction um chief 28 to 24. Ooh, that would be a close one. Well, yeah, Al- I think it'll be pretty close. Well, Alexandra, uh, thank you so much for coming on and tell people where they can find you on social. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at by Al Francisco. Um, Francisco spelled just like the city, San Francisco. Um, my writing is at nesson.com. And my podcast, the Nesson Celtic podcast, is wherever you get your podcast, as is the Girls the Game podcast. And then uh, you can find my more of my interior design, random, and photography content on the IG, obviously, with uh, the occasional little sports joke here and there. 